Welcome to Unlocking the Fitness Industry. I am your host, Jake Abel. I'm a two-time natural pro, a cellular athlete, and we're going to find the best way to get fit, to enter your competitions, and to look your best. So, here we go. Let's get into the episode. Hey guys, welcome back. So, this is part two of the episode we did with Tony Lanciano. This is with his son, Carl, and we start to dive deeper into him being the ICN Victorian president. But it kind of goes a bit beyond, we kind of lose a tangent on bodybuilding because he is a world champion powerlifter as well. So this, we kind of pick up good starts of how to become a champion mindset, uh, what it takes to be a top quality athlete, mixed with little bits of bodybuilding and how he found transitioning in between the two. So have a listen. Let me guys know what you think and enjoy this episode. Carl, coming into it, when did you first compete in your first show? For my first physique comp? Yeah, first physique comp. We're going to that first. uh, Three years ago at at Sydney. Yeah. And then that was the qualify because I come third or qualify for the Aussies mm-hmm. but at the same time I was doing my powerlifting nationals yeah so I was powerlifting nationals on the Friday yeah um, managed to break the national record win my class and break the national total record then Crazy. next day compete in the men's open physique class and managed to get the fourth place which I was super proud with especially coming yeah. back from the day later that's insane so give us a little background on you so you've uh, the Victorian ICM president, you're the son of Tony, and tell me how your fitness journey began. I would say, like, so I originally started playing footy um, and kickboxing, and that owned Bell Street Fitness, so I was born into the, the whole fitness world. Yeah. And luckily, I had some really good mentors under my belt that were, you know, powerlifters, bodybuilders at the, at the elite level. So as a, you know, 16, 18-year-old kid, training under their guidance, they um, really showed me the ropes. And then it wasn't until um, I was around 21 where I sort of noticed, oh, damn, pretty pretty super strong at uh, deadlifting. Mm. So I went over to Melbourne Uni, met Robert Wilkes, who's the Australian president for powerlifting, and he yeah. told me, that's it, you're, you're done with your bodybuilding. And so <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he convinced me to come over. And then um, did my first comp, one went to nationals, um, won that, then went to the Oceanas, broke a junior world record. Crazy. And then just never looked back from then. Then I knew the time would come where I'd have to compete as well. Yeah. But at the same time, um, the powerlifting was going so well, so I was like, I, I need to somehow manage to do both. So that's where we were able to pull off the impossible. <laughs> yeah. And the big, big challenges with doing something from a powerlifting stand and on the same weekend of doing a bodybuilding competition how did you balance going through, say, a depletion for bodybuilding while trying to, I'd say, for powerlifting, you need to stay full and fill up before, <laughs> uh, um, and going against that grain? <clears throat> yeah, that was super interesting because it was uncharted territory. So yep. the way we approach it was um, early on in the training block, it was a lot of hypertrophy-based stuff, and you know all the ex- accessory movements we were selecting were going to have a good transference to my powerlifting mm. um, and then moving closer to the powerlifting meet that's when we really tuned in on the specificity you know um, making sure bringing in the compound movements you know bringing up intensity on the lifts because it's got to be specific to the sport yeah um, 
did suffer with a bit of conditioning because I was you know, maybe um, compromised with the amount of arm work I could do. So that's something where on my later prep, I saw the difference in my physique. But yeah. at the end of the day, you can only do what's best in front of you. Yeah. And in terms of nutrition, that became very difficult at times, especially when I started to get my heavy days. But by just cycling cal- calories and you know targeting carbs around those heavy sessions, you know, pre and post workout, mm-hmm. I put myself in the best position there. The good thing too was the day of the power meet is when I did my carb load too. So yeah, okay. in between um, my warm up and everything, I hear I'm just smacking in about uh, close to 300 grams of carbs. <laughs> so I was nice and full on stage, vascular, yeah. uh, on the platform. And then the, the next day coming onto stage, it was like, it was, I was really happy with how the physique was looking. So it was really an uh, awesome experience. Yeah, crazy. So yeah, fighting those balances going down the line, um, further into it starting, this is your first show you're promoting for yep. Ballarat. Yeah, Ballarat is your first show. So, what can you bring? I guess maybe from that side of your powerlifting. So, what do you do as a day to day already at the moment? Yeah, most of the time um, I'm at JPS as a strength coach. Yeah, I mainly have um, powerlifters and some physique athletes and mm-hmm. a bit of general pop too that want to feel like um, you know they're a strength athlete too. Yeah, um, and then having the parents you know really supportive with this first show. So, like the blueprints down just following all the steps and mm-hmm. everything's going you know fantastic we're really looking forward to the opportunity yeah and also maybe in the near future something i'd look to do is maybe have a dual meet with um a bodybuilding show with a powerlifting show yeah on the side and i think i've earned my respect in both sports which is 100%. good and wanted to sort of like create my own legacy in another sport too so yeah i love i love both of them it's always been fascinated with like um of, you know how strong can the human body get and versus you know how how jacked you can get yeah and that's something i think that's crazy difference is you're not just going down that path it would have been pretty easy for you just to go down the bodybuilding path yeah. and um nothing else but now doing both especially balancing both on the same weekend <laughs> um what, what's the future looking like for you so you're very deep into the competitive powerlifting world are you going to look at it doing another physique show or are you going to just focus more powerlifting side? Very good call. Because I've actually got my first off-season for the first time in seven years. And I was actually thinking yep. about this question. Um, it's what's coming to me at first. I would left, definitely want to do a bodybuilding comp, mm-hmm. move from the physique to the bodybuilding. Yeah. And um, then moving forward too, because I've missed this world record in the powerlifting. So I missed a squat twice. So I definitely want to uh, tick those goals. I'm super hungry, but I think um, the downtime is going to be good, so I can mm. focus on the show now and focus on, um, you know, just becoming a better coach and things like that in the meantime. Yeah, 100. Um, percent So that, yeah, taking that time off. Obviously, I'm guessing powerlifting is very similar to bodybuilding. With your off seasons, you're not lifting as heavy or things like that as well, or is it still? Yeah, it could, like I like to look at it in the powerlifting off season, like to draw upon some of the bodybuilding principles and like, you know, that's when you're doing a lot of volume, bit of higher reps, putting on as much lean tissue as possible. Mm-hmm. And then as you draw closer, all that all that muscle you've you've built in your off season, you, you try and make it more neurally efficient and um powerlifting's a skill, strength's a skill. So you're trying to, you know, convert all that muscle into into some nice new gains and hopefully you get some good PVs. Yeah. And growing up through the fitness industry, like you've said you're kind of looking up to your dad, what have you learnt from Tony that has kind of put you into your position you are, if it's motivation side or um, structure of your personal training business or something like that? 
with him because he ran a business for so long and it was one of the mecca gyms of its time. Um, saw all the hard work he's, he put into it, even with the ICN scene when I was a kid and seen when you know it's gone from like 50 to 100 competitors hmm. and now it's on that global platform. And even with the name change, there was like a little bit of uncertain water, like how, how was, everything was going to pan out. And to see the sport grow exponentially over the last three years is, is something I'm um, definitely uh, it's impressed with. So, yeah, 100%. Um, Maybe Carl can tell us exactly how much he weighs and in comp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and some of the numbers. Hit, hit us through lifts. your numbers. What's your bench, bro? <laughs> <laughs> how much do you bench? My best bench at, at 66 is, a, is 137. My best deadlift is 278. And my best squat is 240 kilos. Insane. And then titles? What titles are you holding at the moment? So I've got uh, four Australian titles, two Commonwealth titles, two Oceania titles. Uh, three Pacific titles, and in the bodybuilding, I've played. I've yet to win a show, but I've come uh, second twice in the physique open men's class. Uh, went to Italy for the universe and come managed to finish fifth in the yeah. um, open physique class, which I was really surprised. Yeah, <laughs> but it was awesome. Think all that all that density paid off. <laughs> yeah, and then the, definitely, I know you've been on stage in the nationals and worlds um, title. How does that difference in, say, when you didn't compete both in the same, but how would a bodybuilding prep differ? Maybe you like not only nutrition mindset, obviously it's going to be very different, um, but how is that different in how you prep for a bodybuilding show versus when you're going to powerlift? The powerlifting, I see it as ticking boxes. They both see a similar where you're both ticking boxes every day. Yeah. The difference is I see the powerlifting like you've got an objective target for the day on your training and you're trying to meet that goal where I see the bodybuilding side of things is coming in, making sure I'm just given a normal stimulus. Where the, the bodybuilding side really gets difficult is when you leave the gym and you still have to switch on as an athlete, you know, mm. with all the nutrition side, where the powerlifting is, um, well, for me, because I'm a weight class athlete, it's trying to hit my targets yeah. with my calories, but I can be a lot more flexible. Um, the other thing that sort of, comes difficult too is the powerlifting you get this real uh, neural fatigue so like mm. you, you sort of feel like you've got a flu yeah, <laughs> all okay. the time and the bodybuilding is more of a uh, that mental fatigue where just more for decisions about what you're going to eat and things like that so yeah. that's why I like to have everything sort of planned out um, not too too much flexibility but still have such rigidity as well yeah and off seasons for both do you take how did you go say after your first comp that first comp was the double, the powerlifting, and the was that the first time you yeah, danced? Yeah, that was the first time. <laughs> um, how did you go post comp that? So something I have been coming up with a lot of athletes is the post comp feels. Let alone not only just having um, a powerlifting, but I'm, I'm guessing in the world of powerlifting, it's probably even more crazy. Is that post feed, post refeed, stuck in the binge, um, motivation after a comp's gone, and then then what? Yeah, you definitely have to have that exit plan. So. I like to eat calories straight back up. So I went from around 1,800 to maintenance of around 22. Mm-hmm. It is difficult because it, it seems like, oh, I'm going to have all this food, but it's only an extra 400 calories. So the goal was to get from 66 straight back up to like 68 and then slowly creep up to 70. Yeah. So I was just about just keep trickling the calories up until uh, I got to around 2.5 and then maintain there. The one that I find more difficult than the dieting is um, psychological because you have this big high 
you know, you're trying to reach your goals and once you hit it, even regardless of whether you, you meet your objective is you get this big low. So it's just yeah. about dealing with that and maybe just having these little mini goals in between. So that's why in between it would be like a look at maybe picking a different lift mm. and in the short term will be trying to build on that lift. And then all of a sudden, once my maybe conventional deadlift's gone up by 10 kilos, I'm like, all right, sweet. Now let's set our mark on the next goal for next comp. And usually they're always pretty close to, to each other. So that's what makes it difficult too because then you have to that big turnaround. You know, you've done a comp, you have a little bit of downtime, already you've got to, you know, punch things and prep for the next one. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah. Because it is a difficult one, isn't it? Post yeah. competition. Yeah, 100%. Like, yeah. And that's something I'm definitely going to hit on, um, especially with female fertility and things like yeah. that. Um, the biggest thing I think from you, Carl, is the, the failure is I really want to go into it because powerlifting, you're going to hit to a point and you're going to fail at some point. Um, and it's, I guess, maybe bodybuilders don't get it as much or well, maybe not successful, but if I, what I'm trying to relate is the bodybuilders come in and you don't get your first placing um, or you're thinking, yeah, I'm going to kill this show, I'm going to place top five and you don't. Um, I think you would come across that a lot more with powerlifting because you're going to fall short maybe of your PBing in a gym and then you get to a comp and everything goes haywire or the other way around. Um, doing something like that, how do you deal with, um, you kind of touched on a little bit of that failure, but not only in, in power, powerlifting, how would you do it that way? If that makes sense. Yes, yeah, so you're talking about like if I've ever done a comp and sort of like fell short. Yeah, yeah. That, How do you deal yeah. with say, okay, you not only like kind of let yourself down, but pu- pushing through that on on like goal setting and things like that. So the funny thing is, the so two years ago the world titles in Belarus, I was um like the objective was to hit the Oceania squat record at two fifty, mm. and like everything was going super well in training. Then I missed it, and I was in this pretty dark place a few days later so what do I do that's when I've decided to alright I'm going to do the double peak so my problem was always looking for things to like step it up again and what was that double peak of doing the bodybuilding oh got so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and then so probably at the time wasn't a good idea mm. but then because I did pull it off I had I was running this super high and then ever since then everything was linearly just you know really awesome with my results then the comp that just passed now yeah. I actually had the best prep of my life and that's the problem with me when everything's going right and then because I, I just fell short of my goals even right now it's something that I'm trying to deal with in terms of like trying to see like what went wrong was it the travelling was it this mm. and because I can't exactly pinpoint what went wrong it's something that we'll have to sort of look go back to the drawing board and look to see when's the next opportunity I can get to do it have an off season have some downtime, and try you know yeah, from there. And I, I think that's build. part of it. Is yeah. I've spoken to him many times. I said, "Son, you need to have a bit of a break." Yeah, he, he really hasn't had a break. He's and like I said, he did Italy as well. Yeah, so he's travelled to Italy, yeah. come back, and then he had to go to China and compete again. And yeah, did, so it's and did, tough. Did nationals two weeks? Oh yeah, and he did, that's right. He yeah. did the nationals as well. Yeah, in between. So yeah, it, it's tough. And your body, being natural um, sports person, is that um, it needs a break. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. and I yeah, hundred <laughs> percent have felt the same type of ways when I do set a goal out in the bodybuilding world of, okay, I want to take this Australian title or do something like that. I guess the biggest difference between both of us is 
with powerlifting, you have to perform on the day yeah. versus bodybuilding. You have to perform in the 16 to 12, 20 weeks before that. And then really on the day, there's not much you can do to fuck yeah. it up. Like no. if you look good two weeks out, you know, yeah. isn't that, you got to do something completely silly if you rule. But some people do, yeah. yeah. They look great in mm. the week of the comp and then they come comp day and you go, what happened? What you, you yeah. change, They yeah. change too much. We were talking about it before. Some yeah. people listen to too many people. Yeah, Just, 100%. you know, no different to any sport. Everything's trial and error. Mm-hmm. But if you start listening to too many people, then that's when your head's going to just go, oh, who was right? Was it Jake? Was it Carl? Was it Tony? Was it, yeah. Just listen to one person, your trainer, obviously. Yeah. And if it didn't work out, okay, that didn't work. Let's, we need to change it's it. Rebuilt. Let's find out what, what went wrong and that, yeah? Where people just put too much pressure on themselves. The other thing I find is that even with all sports, your friends and family, Carl, you're going to smash it, yeah, Jake, you're going to smash true. it, yeah. <laughs> but they don't know the opposition out there yet. Yeah. They're, they're getting told the same thing. So then the, the things just come and they clash against well, each other. And, about the sport. Yeah. Um, for Carl, first time competitor for you, what would you give advice to them? So they're coming either for a powerlifting comp or they're coming for a bodybuilding show. I think you would have a better idea because you competed a little earlier than Tony. Um, but like, what's the best advice that you'd give for them? For them, like, obviously that genetic answer of enjoy your first comp, but the reason being is you're, you know, it's the first time going out there. You put yourself at like, put yourself as a standard and your second comp, that's where you mm. maybe a little bit more pressure to beat that person who you were on the first one, whether it's your total or your, or your package that you brought on stage. Yeah. And so that, that's why the first one should be actually the least worry. It's the second one. A hundred percent. could be a bit more of a stressful. Yeah. And that's the golden words. I've always said you set the bar on your yeah. first comp. And then from there, because you have no idea what it's going to be. You don't know the standard. You don't know anything like that. The other competitors, how are you going to react? The nerves, the tan. Everything can go wrong. Mm. Um, so it's setting that bar and then, okay, cool. That's what I did. Put it there. Now let's beat it every single time. Yeah, I agree. And But at every comp, there could be different There'll be different competitors too. Yeah. So it's not like you're, so you're standard football, race. AFL, there's 18 teams and you know who you're going to play. In bodybuilding or powerlifting, it can change at any time. Yeah. So it's yeah. not always the same people you're going to be competing against. For Even sure. on the day, as you've seen, from each division, it could be high classes. That changes everything. Weight class changes as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Um, any f- mistakes that you've made throughout either bodybuilding or powerlifting that you didn't, like, foresee? Um, I know definitely something that came through on the questions was what are top mistakes made throughout, like, body- any co- competition? The powerlifting definitely was um, training too hard with too much intensity for too long. Because you get scared of, like, if I'm not um, – training to close to failure I'm not training hard enough so yeah that, that bro mentality 100%. and I do get it because there's a lot of um, bro type guys that you know super strong but the other thing the other thing there on the flip side was you know always injured and that's mm-hmm. sort of happening like suffering from a lot of back issues and things so when you sort of looked upon the principles and trying to draw upon you know recovery fatigue management and volume intensity and all these other things um, I was able to become a much better athlete much more consistent sort of know where I'd be as opposed to just my concept for my psychological concept was like just always going dark yeah <laughs> so going balls to wall so it was good having Jacob um pull me back yeah and say look this is where we're at this is where we want you to be at the end of the day on the day this is what we want you peaking yeah good thing with the body one side of things um 
I never competed in my bro bro days, but it was probably more like that chicken broccoli type of guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then now learning about is you know flexibility of different foods, but 100%. at the same time not trying to take it to the complete end where you see people doing you know if it fits your macros. <laughs> <laughs> it's about finding that blend and what suits the person is you know and seeing what works for them. Okay, um, so picture in you're just about to go for your lift. Um, world record, Australian record, what goes through your head? Oh, I can't say this on camera. Right, right. No, I'd say it's, um, I like to like draw upon all the dark shadows, all the mm-hmm. dark moments in your, in your life. You see them sort of flashing, then you feel this like rage of electricity come through. Yeah. And then when you approach that bar, it's like a do or die attitude. I know some people are very calm, very peaceful. Mm. So before, like, before minutes and minutes before, I've been nice and chilled, and then like roughly a minute out, that's when it just flicks yeah. into a killer. <laughs> yeah. Do you get nervous? Um, I say I get nervous before, like weeks before. Yeah. And it's only about not achieving the goal. Yeah. But okay. on the day, like I always feel confident with you know that because my body always feels good. And, yeah. And like I know I've done the hard work, and then now it's about enjoying it, you know, as well. Because at the same time, it was, used to be more like it felt like it was a a burden to jump on there. You have to hit this, you have to hit this. Now it's like, all right, this is our goal. As long as you can leave the platform and say you gave it your best, yeah, that's the most important thing. 100%. And then on stage two, it's like, this is the best package you could have presented based on all the other things you're doing, mm-hmm. um, you know, and still staying super strong. Um, I actually enjoy coming up the stage more. Yeah. Because um, it's, it's like, it's this fulfilling um, feeling. Yeah. And that's another big thing I think that I do talk about is, on stages, you can't control your opponents, and it would be the same with powerlifting. You can't control anyone else and their lifts no. and those type of things, but you can only control of what you do. So as long as you put all your best in for that, then it's you've given your all. You can't really be if you place third in a powerlifting show or a bodybuilding show and you've done everything you could. Well, there's nothing else you could do. So, no, so you have to come yeah. off and with. You use the nerves to your advantage. Yeah, some 100%. people like you know have them and they sort of buckle with the pressure mm-hmm. and then others rise to the occasion you look at you know all the best athletes and they always talk about the nerves keeping yeah alive. and that's something i've found through my own bodybuilding is i need to get nervous before i go on stage mm. and if i'm not nervous then i've learned that i actually need to make myself nervous to then perform a lot better yep. so i'll always plug in headphones and switch off before um and not make eye contact with anyone and then from there build upon that um, to bring that page, stage yeah. presence in. And you're right, and everyone's different, yeah? yeah. I remember even when I was coaching, there was, you know, you get all the boys together and you rev everyone up and you, they go mm. out there and there was one kid that never performed and yet he was a talented footballer. So I spoke to him, he goes, I can't get hyped up before I go out there. I have to just Be sit calm. there, yeah. chill out. And mate, he won best and fairest for the whole league <laughs> because of understanding that he's not, he can't do what the others love to do to prop up the same as what Carl. And even Carl watching him prepared for shows I mean obviously we live together so I see it and that and I've seen the the difference in him as well when he mm-hmm. first started you know it was so had some fainting yeah. incidences you know <laughs> collapsing in because he was trying to get to the weight and that where now he he's learnt so much and again understanding his body and and what he needs to do and the food he needs to eat and that that he he prepares for a thing and I go, are you still competing? Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's different what, to what he used to do. And, and again, no different to bodybuilding, yeah? Yeah. You'll, uh, you'll go all these foods and something might not have agreed with what you had to prepare with and you yeah. need to change it. And it's about learning. And again, perfectly what you said is you can only beat yourself, yeah? 
Mm. Everyone, yeah, you're going to win, yeah, you're going to yeah. win. But if you second comp, you looked better the second time. Even my judges will pick that up and go, oh, Jake's come in harder now. They yeah. remember. And if you didn't come in hard, you really didn't deserve to get a better placing. Yeah. Because you really didn't put the effort in there, yeah? Yeah. No, too easy. Is there anything else you guys want to add? I just want to add the same thing is that we always say you must enjoy it. If you're not enjoying it, yeah. really don't don't do it, yeah? Because Patricia and I and Carl, we're all about, at ICN is about having fun. And we'll give you the best time we can on stage. It's up to you how you embrace it. If you want to go there and crack the, crack the shits yeah, because you didn't win or whatever. 100%. Or you embrace and go, okay, I didn't win this time. I wasn't what the judges were looking for. Take the critique, feedback. Uh, come back bigger and better the next time and say to the judges, look at me now, yeah? Yeah. That, to me, is a true champion. And and if you didn't enjoy it, we want to know why. Yeah. Because we've failed you. You know, obviously there's something you can't please, but, you know, if there was some part that we, like I said earlier, there was some part that didn't didn't um, make you happy, we want to know about it because, yeah, take uh, on that feedback. you know, you know us, Jake, you know. Yeah. Personally, that and that's the other love thing. each and every competitor. It's not just yeah. the top five. In the end, it's a hobby. And that's where <laughs> I is. think it's a very hard place to be in probably both sports that this hobby then leads into life. And it's very easy to get caught up within it and you're having too many hard days in a row or it's yeah. affecting too much of your life, your relationships, mm-hmm. those type of things. And that's something for sure that um, you've got to always keep in mind that it is a hobby in the end. It's not a whole life. This no. is a sport. <laughs> Um, and you want to make sure that you get that good balance. It opens up so many opportunities as well, Jake. I mean, you know, you meet so many nice people, and mm. that's one thing I've got to say, and then we, we don't just say it, ICN family. It actually is a family. Yeah. You know, we've had opposition trainers come to our shows and go, I understand what you mean when you say family. It's just yeah. so... F- the whole day's fun. Mm. It's game day. And, you know, don't judge someone on stage. You don't know the journey they've gone through. You know, did they go through some hardship? Did they go through some big weight loss changes and all that? So it's easy to say, oh, they don't even look like they're in shape. But yeah. they might have lost 50 kilos. And 100%. for them, this is exciting. This is yeah. something inspiring for them. You know, we got physically challenged at the Ballarat oh, show. We got a guy in a wheelchair. Nice. How beautiful is that? Yeah. You know, we like to open up doors. I hate when... Actually, I don't hate it. I love it when the opposition say, oh, they're bringing out another vision. Well, it's our clients. It's our, mm. it's our family. They want that. We'll bring it. If, yeah, that's the, sure. if that's a chance for them to go up on stage. So any other show doesn't have a wheelchair yeah. division. So well, we've going? made one, yeah? yeah? Physically challenged. And we've got one as an amputee, you know? We give them a, a stage to go on. And yeah. that's what it's about. When we see them having fun up there, it's the best... Best payment we could ever have. Yeah, for sure. Um, where's the best people to reach out to you? So they do have questions about yep. ICN, anything ICN? 100%. I, I have my personal number on, on all our social platforms. So ICN Victoria on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Um, I think you can just push the call button on there and, <laughs> and it dials my number because I love talking to people. I think you get a better outcome. You get all your answers, all your questions answered. So, yeah, yeah uh, I'm a more people person. So... Um, emailing me or um, writing to me takes forever because I'm a one finger typist yep. but I just love the, the, the one on one with um, talking to people Yeah. and people for powerlifting where are they going to find you? 
Yeah, on um, Instagram, Carl Droger, yep. or on um, carldefalgo.live.com. Get the emails through there. Perfect. <laughs> and you're based out of? JPS. In where? Airport West. Airport West. Too easy. Good chatting with awesome. you guys. Anyway. Good day, Jake. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Easy. Yeah, it's good. I'm probably going to split that into... Uh,